my doctor is also a pediatrician. We have the same doctor, stupid. I forgot that you did switch. Yeah, you sent me in there and I was horribly confused because no, I went in there and I thought you were playing a joke on me because I was like, hadn't gone to the doctor in like 20 years. And I was like, oh, it's funny because he sent me to a children's hospital thing because I'm a man child. Ha ha ha. Real funny. And then they were like, oh, no, we, we service, you know, uh, the the lifespan of a human being and everything. And then I'm like, cool, cradle the grave. And they were like, yeah, that's that's one way of putting it, I guess. I should have just been like, hey, you need a new doctor? Mine has an aquarium. You should check them out. Oh, I totally would have been suckered in for that, too. See? I got it made. Welcome to the Couch Trolls Podcast with your hosts, Dave and Das Bruce. How you doing, man? Not too bad. How about yourself? Doing pretty good because a lot of really, really good stuff has been happening this last week and I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Like what? Are you kidding me, dude? Like everything that we've wanted prediction wise has like kind of like pseudo come out and kind of partially happened. We talked about... A little while ago, we were talking about like, oh man, I wish I wish certain digital games would make a comeback. And then it's like Splunky 2 is like right around the corner. Probably when this episode gets out, it'll probably already be out because we're like a step behind, unfortunately, on everything. Yeah, hey, that's all right. Uh, but Splunky 2, man, like right on the horizon. Yeah, and the weird thing is I've heard nothing as far as any media. And the only thing that keeps coming up, it, it was at one of the presentations and then it was at a presentation last year. And it's, I saw the footage for the presentation and everything. It's, it's so weird because it's like all the stuff that I like, there's no interviews for ever. And it bothers the crap out of me. No, it, <laughs> well, like, if you like good games. It'd probably, it'd probably happen more frequently. No, everything I like has like a huge cult base or like was kind of popular with like the mainstream crowd for like a quick wave and then kind of washes away. Do you think maybe it's the other way around where maybe it is a big game that you just you get on these games late so you kind of miss the media presence? Like I'm I'm assuming Splunky 1 had some had some kind of big blow up for a minute, but you caught onto it later so you just never heard of it. I literally have that guy's book. Derek, you, I have his <laughs> book. No, seriously. But there, did you again, There's a book that he wrote for uh Bosky Games, I think is what it's called. Okay. And it's fantastic. It was like his whole journey. But like I understand that like certain games have kind of a uh, PC like fan base and then it like he developed like Splunky one is like freeware and then kind of developed it into uh, like a HD paid version and then they ended up putting it on console. And I mean, like I said, I've been out of the PC race for a very, very long time. So, you know, by the time stuff does come to console, yeah, I realize that a lot of the hype has died down for it, but I think that there is a level of reinsurgence for it. But Splunky two like he doesn't he doesn't do many like interviews like you can't find fairly quiet i have seen him on one or two through the uh, game industry.biz that just Uh, that just tells me he's hard working well hard working but based on the content we saw you know when it comes out i think it's supposed to come out next week on september 15th was its original release date so i'm curious if it actually holds that but from what i saw the game it kind of got like a graphical like increase but overall the game looks just as cool as the original one did, and it has a little more flavor, I think, as far as like comedy. Like the stuff with the pigs looked pretty funny. Oh yeah. So I, the fact I, that you can ride animals and stuff so like that. So if he keeps a lot of the the general ideas of 
having the exploration, the unknown factors, just kind of the the general weirdness to what Spelunky made it special, and then accelerates that with like new characters and riding animals and stuff. I think it's really gonna do well. Everything had a very nice feel to it, and I like the overall moral of the story, which is like, hey you could do this right away. You didn't need any of the tools and your skills are what make you good. And I really appreciate that in a game because it's kind of harkened to like older games. And then when you try to find out information on it, that was one of those games where it's like hush, hush secrets. Like you don't self-discovery, you don't learn stuff until you've like talked to other people who've played it, but you talk to other people who played it. And it's, it's that grade school mentality of it's like, dude, did you know this? Cause like, announcer canada was like dude did you know you get inside the worm and i'm like what are you talking about and he's like that thing that comes out and eats you i'm like this is a joke right and then no like that was a legit thing there's a whole hidden level inside the worm and i was like that's awesome and i found like a dude who's doing like walkthrough stuff on youtube and he was giving you the mathematical point value of how to do sacrifices in order to get stuff and i was like i did not know that it's like like dead creatures are worth one unconscious are worth two, but like damsels are worth four. And then when you get to eight, that's how you get the blood cup. And there's this very interesting. Yeah. Like he had like this overly elaborate breakdown and everything. To have a game awesome. that complicated, but to look so simple on its face, like anybody can pick that game up and, Oh, you jump and do this or that. I mean, it's brutally difficult, but anyone can at least pick it up and understand how to play the game. But to understand the the world that you're in is just crazy in and depth. that's that's what i like because like i said it goes back to a lot of those older games where you're like oh i know where to find secrets or you get this to get this and it it just has such a fun feel and to see that like it's very rare that you get like a follow-up that tries to kind of do that again i'm i'm excited to experience what he wanted to put in, what he has to put in, what's new and what else he has to say. Cause I think it's like the, um, there's like a bootleg kind of like overarching story where you're like, you're playing the daughter now and everything. And I'm like, all right, dude, I'm in, let's do this. Like the funny legacy. The funny thing is, and now that you mentioned legacy, so your love to Spelunky kind of mirrors my love for rogue legacy, which I actually picked up. Yep. So rogue legacy was one of my first games on the PS4. And it's really my, I think the first roguelike that I've actually gotten into that I actually really liked. And as again, as I play through the game, you find out different things, you have different feelings, and then you are constantly rotating casts because you die so frequently. And then suddenly you'll find like one that you really like and as it just feels right and you get through like half the game and then you die and it's like, then you kind of go through that shuffle again of trying to just get that right character to kind of progress the game. I fell in love with that game and I liked everything about it and it gave me the Castlevania feels I wanted. And now that there's a, uh, there's a sequel and right now, really? yeah. And it's in early access right now on PC. Cause again, this, it's a game that started kind of on PC and then grew to the console and they're doing it again. And they're, uh, they're telling people like game informer talked a little bit about the early access version of it. And it sounds like they're kind of doing the same thing. They're kind of adding a, a, a sprinkle of story they're they're going a little farther as far as the variation of types of classes you can use and then also the abilities are going to be changing within each class and it's like they're just kind of building on the things i already liked about the game and they're saying the game is twice as big 
and there's going to be a randomization of the bosses this time. So you're not every playthrough may not have the same boss fights. They had that in uh, Enter the Gungeon, another game PC that came over to console, and I feel like uh, a lot of the cool stuff that does happen on like the PC indie scene, once it kind of culminates together, and they have like a real rock solid version of it, that's when console gets in. I like it because then I'm not messing around with anything. It's it's there in its in its crispness, you know. Well, it's, a, it's like an Apple filter, like how Apple kind of only takes on like they don't have early access games on Apple, but you can, you know, it, it's one of those things where you kind of, you're, I'm, and I'm talking like almost, I don't know if there are early accesses on Steam on Apple. I just kind of walked away from Apple computer gaming because it just was so much more limited compared to PC. Well, you did their Apple Arcade thing for a little bit though. Apple Arcade was fantastic and Rogue Legacy and games like that. Was that are, on there too? I don't remember it being on there, but like, it's just, that's the perfect platform for those kind of games. It's kind of like pseudo arcadey, but not quite a thing. Games that you can pick up and play you for thirty the minutes Pippin? or less. Yep. The, <laughs> Apple's first attempt at a uh, video game console and everything. Yeah, they walk walk that back. Pretty I quick. don't think anyone that I know even owns a Pippin. That's probably for the best. It probably, but I mean, like, I, I don't know. I uh, I definitely would like to see. Um, more people try to take like uh, older styles of games that were on systems that like nobody remembers playing and trying to like revitalize those for the newer market. That would be kind of cool. Perfect. It's like, uh, cause like I, I was a big fan of like uh, dodgeball and like river city ransom, that stuff. I mean, that's pretty much what the Scott Pilgrim was. And I mean, that's getting a freaking remake and I'm I, so stoked for that. Yeah. And I know you're the one that got me into Scott Pilgrim, the movie, but the game itself was, it's a beat em up with pseudo RPG elements. Yep, and I actually I think that's what made it unique enough that made it stand out from all the other beat em ups of now and prior. It had the ca- I mean it's basically like Castle Crashers. Oh, Castle to, to, Crashers I is mean, great. The Behemoth, it, but all those guys were from uh, Newgrounds, you know. Yeah, but with Scott Pilgrim, what made it, I think it stood out from Castle Crashers was the fact that it not only was a license, but it was it actually felt fairly true to its source material. I, they put a lot of care into actually designing the game's levels to tell the story of Scott Pilgrim, and it did no shame to the story at all. If anything, you play Scott Pilgrim the game, it, it actually kind of intrigues you enough to want to see the movie or play, or not play, to read the books. Yeah, I mean, it's it was such a good game. And also, I mean, the they sprinkled in like kind of like the the Easter egg kind of stuff. You know, they homages and Easter eggs, and they, they did a lot of really cool little things that, oh, we're going to, you know, throw a little Nintendo sprinkle in there here, or they're going to show a little this or that. And it was, it was a really cool way for them to kind of take that to the next level in a video game because they're like, oh, we can use other video game like Mega Man that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. The, it, uh, how they like teleport out and everything at the end and yep. things like that. Like and, one uh, of the Kirby. Cur- yep. yep. So yeah. to throw little things like that, it's like, okay, not only is it, it's, a cool game with a cool story, but it's also like acknowledging that it is a video game and it's like, we're going to steal a little like video game stuff or homage to other well, that, video game things. That whole movie and graphic novel and everything is just manga. I don't, I don't yeah. know. It's, it's a, it's a graphic novel manga type thing. I don't know really how to describe it. It's, it's Can- a great I, I Canadian would, uh, manga. I, I, it kind of goes back. I th- I think it's still considered just a graphic novel because I I think it does separate itself from manga because it's not a Japanese origin. Because you don't origin. read it backwards. Oh, 
there's also that. <laughs> I mean, that's but, the main I mean, thing. it's still not from Asia. Yeah. It's an, it's an, it's, it goes it's North it, American. It, it, technically. Yes. Cause it's Canadian, but <laughs> <laughs> I, yes, I guess you're right on that. But that's the weird thing is like, there's certain things that really kind of like love a genre so much and just live and exist in it, but aren't it like, uh, avatar, the Nickelodeon show, and, which is a perfect example of oh. it. So anime without being anime. Yep. And it's, it's its own little unique nut. Yep. And, and I love like how they use a lot of anime type gestures and then like they'll do that thing where their eyes squint or they'll fall sideways and they'll do those like little subtleties that are very anime. Yeah. But then they'll kind of pull back and go back to like American animation styles. See, it's great. And being a hodgepodge of everything with Scotty P, I was super worried that that game was never going to get a release ever again. Well, it kind of got stalled because of the licensing. Well, I mean, okay, what you got. Ubisoft, right? I yep. think it was the... Ubisoft is the publisher. Publisher. You have the manga rights, which I think is Oni Press. You have Universal, which had the movie rights oh, for it. Yep, so... You had Anamanaguchi that did the like music soundtrack for it. You have Brian Lee O'Malley, who owns all the general rights to it. Yeah, so there's, there's definitely... There's like a five to like seven, you know... There's major players in, oh, in, in that game, and... It, what's cool that not only is it getting brought back and it was on, I mean, I think it, we had it on Xbox 360 I bought it first. on 360 and then I bought all the DLC for it too. Yep. And which the was the Wallace, well, uh, Wallace and knives pack, I think. Well, there, like there, one there, of them enabled more the online that. play. There was, I thought it was just two packs. I don't even know anymore. And but then I think there was a cheat code to enter where you get zombie mode. Yep. But what's kind of cool now is the fact that they are bringing it forward to the PS4, Xbox One, and it, they'll be playable also on the next generation of games, which they've already announced as well. I'm just well. getting on Switch. That's going to be the perfect Switch well, game. And, that, and that's what I was going to mention. Not only is it a perfect Switch game, but also I feel like the one thing that wasn't utilized in its original version was the online play. Agreed. Uh, the, the, the multiplayer was underutilized compared to... I just... I when you play it solo versus playing with other people, all beat em ups feel differently. They, they just naturally feel different. This is one I think with having those RPG elements in it and maxing your characters out and then playing online with other maxed out characters will really let you to play those harder difficulties and have a lot of fun with it. Cause I felt like the, the hardest difficulties were almost impossible solo. Well, I like the fact that like, we're like partially going backwards. Cause it's like a lot of games that either added multiplayer online multiplayer later on or should have had multiplayer now are getting like re-released with that, which actually brings us to our freaking fun topic of the day. And speaking of me rolling in nostalgia for the last like a week straight, you mean the black hole of Tony Hawk? Oh dude. I, I literally just did not get up for an entire day and I just spent an entire day in front of the TV doing that. No, I know that. So I picked up Tony Hawk and I will say it's Tony Hawk one plus two. And uh, we we both the haven't... naming scheme messed with me a little bit on that because uh, that that kind of bothered me. But it's saying it's thing. saying exactly what it is, and it's one plus two. It's not though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But so I pick it up, and I'm like, oh. And I I last minute decided to buy this game. I I wasn't gonna buy it. I was gonna just like see what the critics say because I had a feeling that it was gonna be like the Tony Hawk HD that came that out. That was so bad. Who put that out? Do you Activision. remember? What? Ah. But more importantly so i picked the game up and then i'm like hey bruce let's play and then I, you never responded it was like two days heard nothing 
And then suddenly they're like, hey, I'll play games with you. And it's like, oh, it's Sunday. Then I, I bought this on Friday. Where'd you go the last two days? And you're like, oh, I've beaten everything already. Well, let's. I'm ready to play with some people now. Yeah. Now that I've, I feel satisfied that I got all the mixtapes. Well, yes, I, I kind of disappeared. Well, the thing is, like, I was not going to play online until I had 100% everything. I mean, I've 100% Tony Hawk 1 and 2 multiple times. A couple years ago, I just went in and played it. And I, I'm not going to lie, I was a bit hesitant with this, too, because I'm like, oh, no, who's putting this out? Because if it was going to be Robomoto again, like, I don't want to trash talk company, but, like, they were responsible for the Tony Hawk 5 thing. And oh god if yeah if that company did it i would have probably dodged it and that's the thing it's like i feel like they their heart has been in the right place but they have never really fully committed to it and then my other concern was uh the fact that they like rebuilt the thing from the ground up from the sounds of for the unreal engine which it's like okay that engine has a lot of things built into it so if you mess up one thing it's going to get weird. And they said that they tried to like fix some of the geometry in some of the levels. And I think that some of the geometry is messed up in some levels. Like <sighs> the physics feel a little off in some places. I will come out here and I'm, I'm, I'm going to put this down on the record right now out front. All in all, it is good. So any complaints or grievances that I generally speak with it. They're small. Dis- yeah. They're very small regardless of the length that I go into it, but it's just, being such a hardcore fan, like it was one of the few games that I actually pre-ordered all the time growing up. Like, yeah. Oh, underground's coming out, had that pre-order underground Two pre-order. Like I love this game series so much. So it's like, I don't think casual players or people who have nostalgia for it or who haven't picked it up and played it in forever are going to notice the things that I'm noticing. Yep. And I'm actually a better candidate for this style game because I actually fell off after the fourth game. Uh, Underground, I I tapped into, but I didn't really get into it. Let's be honest. Underground, you had Underground on the GameCube. No, I I had that on one of the PlayStation systems. You had had Underground on GameCube. Tony Hawk 4 was the last one I had on GameCube. You had Underground on GameCube, and I remember because we were playing it, and and the New Jersey (laughs) level is insanely freaking hard because the controls on that did not kind of play up very well what are you, the, what the are you saying are, are you saying the shoulders and the z button are are, are bad yes that's exactly <laughs> what yeah. i'm saying tony hawk i i thought i had a strategic advantage over my friends playing that game on the gamecube because the controller was so bad that you had to be good at it <laughs> but overall I, since i fell off a lot sooner i'm not my vision of what tony hawk is is really tony hawk 2 because that was the one that i was just so sucked into and i spent tons of my childhood playing so the fact that they're remaking this game is really targeted towards people like me who they're selling me pure nostalgia of the first two games. So how do we call this then? Is this just being called Tony Hawk 1 plus 2? Yep. Because it's, it's weird that they went with that when they decided to incorporate so much stuff from the third game and the fourth game. Yeah, and I noticed that immediately when you start playing uh, Tony Hawk 1 because number one didn't have manualing, right? One Okay, so one did not have manualing. Or yep. reverting. The, well, three was where reverting came in. Yep. There was a lot of, uh, there's a lot of weirdness. Cause it's like right before the game came out, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm trying to get a copy of this. And then the reviews come out and I'm like, I'm a bit hesitant. Cause I don't want to have the like HD thing again, where it's like yeah. the, Tony Hawk HD just felt very weird. It did. And it sucks because I'm watching all these people on YouTube that I know are 
you know, there, there's there's a weird difference sometimes when it's like five to ten years on games alone. So these people who are like younger than me that are like, well, I played the Tony Hawk games and it had this, this, and this, and it's like, uh, no, you're wrong. Shut your stupid freaking face up. <laughs> and it's just like it's irritating because a lot of these people, I think, picked it up or are playing emulation. Oh, yeah. And emulation comes with not playing on the right console, not playing on the right console comes with mods. So you don't actually have the pureness of the original uh, interaction with the game. Well, and I even mentioned like the biggest change I felt almost immediate, the fact that joysticks. So the original Tony Hawk one, that was straight D pad on the PlayStation one. Yeah. That I don't think that scored dual shot. Cause that was 99. I think Apex escape came out in 2000. Uh, I, I think Tony Hawk one might, <clears throat> or, Tony Hawk I, I, one I was ninety nine. No, don't no, fight. I, don't I, fight I, I me on that. I think that the second one supported Dual Shock. The, I think the first did. one didn't. I think it did. But since we're so used to using D pads, I mean, oh, that's and then what yeah, we you, play just, with. you just always use the D pad. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't think I converted over to joysticks until I started playing GameCube. I still to this day uh, only use D pad. Well, like, that makes D-pad sense because is... the control, the controllers that you had to play on. Well, <laughs> you didn't have a. There's no D pad on GameCube. Yeah, but I mean, when I. When I played, I eventually, so I went Tony Hawk one and two, and then my next gen system was, I didn't go to PlayStation three like everyone else did. I jumped over. I was an Xbox candidate yep. and it's cause I bought it off, uh, our friend Brandon. He was like, dude, I gotta get a PlayStation two. And I'm like, but you have an Xbox. He was like, yeah, but if I sell it, I could buy it. And I'm like, Hey, what's up? So I ended up buying his system off of him. And, uh, Tony Hawk actually had a slight delayed release on that. Cause you with a PlayStation two, it was backwards compatible. So you could play Tony Hawk one and two. Cause you know, yep. it was a PlayStation game. So the only way you could get the levels from one and two was eventually Tony Hawk two X came out for the PlayStation and nope, only on the Xbox. Or sorry. Yeah. Xbox Tony Hawk two X was the Xbox and sorry, my brain's getting all <laughs> twisted up. Uh, and that game was absolutely fantastic. I still hold 2X like as my second favorite game. Well, and I currently hold it in my hand. Yes, you do. Because honestly, I picked it up because I was craving some Tony Hawk and I bought it because it worked on the 360. Yeah. It, it, so the backwards, this is one of Wait, the Wait, does that go all the way backwards to... Uh, Techni- that- technically, you can play this on every Xbox system. Oh my gosh. And this was one of the few games where when I had the Xbox 360, I was like, I, I got rid of the ones on my PlayStation. So I was like, I was really craving it. And I was like, 2X looked great. And I was like, I didn't realize some of the things that this game really offered that wasn't in the original. It's kind of, again, this is a modified version of the original games, well, but the modifications I felt were all very positive. Well, it was the only weird thing about it is when you start the levels for unlock and stuff, you have to go through Tony Hawk pro skater two first. And that, Oh, that's right. <laughs> which messes with everyone. There's five additional levels in two X. Uh, if I, yeah, I think there's five and then, uh, it had four player co-op. The four, custom the four soundtrack. player local co-op was huge. Yep. Uh, I think you could network on there too, where you can actually hook up different systems. Uh, yeah. Uh, you have the box right here. Yeah, System Link. Yeah. I, I, overall, I mean, that again, it just really it leveled up what Tony Hawk was. 
on the original. I mean, because this came out after three and four, right? Because uh, it's 2001. I want to so. say yes. This came out after three, but you got to remember there was a delayed response in Tony Hawk games because three was their first one on PlayStation 2, yep. but three had a delayed release on Xbox. So I believe this came out right before three on Xbox. They, three, they did I think, the same thing the with the Grand Theft Auto where they had the newest Grand Theft Auto game. So they, they brought the, the prior ones forward. Yeah, and yep. gave them a nice cleanup and everything. Yep. And, did and really, the, this is, this really emulates the model of what Switch is getting now where Switch is getting a lot of games late, but they're kind of like complete versions or modified versions. Yep. And I mean, it works. The, the way that I look at the, the Tony Hawk 1 Plus 2 is it's 2X Plus, essentially. Yeah, but that would be a terrible name, so they went with 1 Plus 2. Right. For people that had no idea what it was, they were, they were like, we're going to be very clear about this. You get Tony Hawk 1 and Tony Hawk 2, but we're just going to call it 1 Plus 2. <laughs> the thing is, 2X uh, also had four-player couch co-op, which I'm surprised they didn't put on 1 Plus 2. It, it is a little weird that they didn't do that because you know they could handle it, it, it should be able to handle it. It but, should very easily be able to handle it. But at the same time, one thing we really should talk is the multiplayer for one plus two because what really sets it apart, I feel like, from the original game is really taking that next level as far as what it offers to players that you could never have before. And that's really was eight player competitive on some of those maps. I believe so. So to play eight player online and play some of these different modes is is really a, a whole new experience for the Tony Hawk it, community. It is because the only way you could really get online was the other ones had online play, but nobody was playing these games online. Again, it's it's nice to see these older games that either had some semblance of online or online was kind of an afterthought down in the series really hit where it needs to now because that is such and of course a we're, we're excluding five from this conversation because five i i had personally beat the game and it was a total mess so people might have picked up the online on that i just don't know because we i think and, the game and, was only online though wasn't it didn't you have to connect onto no, a server before it, you played in games and stuff not that I remember. I, I felt I still played through the whole campaign naturally. The game had like an eight gig update on like day one. And then probably eight more on day two because the game was totally broken. But nevertheless, like they might have still had an online community that we're not aware of. But honestly, we're not aware of it because it wasn't good enough. Like so, yeah. me being the diehard fan that I am, had it had it, I would have jumped on there. Because there is, I do, jumping back to the PC people. Yeah. Uh, there is uh, definitely a huge fan base for online Tony Hawk on that. Someone actually, they took, there's a whole community. Uh, I believe it's, uh, I want to say, I want to say it's thug forever. I'm probably wrong about that, but it's, it's <laughs> Tony Hawk. Fits. It's Tony Hawk underground too. No, I think it's thug pro actually. It, yeah, that's what it is. It's Tony Hawk's underground uh, pro. Basically they took uh, the PC version of underground Two. And then redid all the levels from one, two, three, four, added you, you in a bunch love, of you stuff. You gotta love the PC world. <laughs> oh, you want to talk about like the perfect mod? Those people did it right. Like I will give them a hundred percent credit on that. That's just like pure brilliance right there. But so the online modes. Now that we've both played it, what's your favorite uh, mode to play? Uh, there's only two gameplay modes that should ever exist, and that's Combo Mambo. Uh, okay, three modes. Combo Mambo, Trick Attack, and Graffiti. 
But what about the first one to get 20,000 combo? I, you know, the thing is, I don't land stuff. I, I can't even remember enough. the name of that one because yeah. I don't like it. It's just high score. I, I, The thing is, I don't land stuff soon enough. And that's not what Tony Hawk's about to me. It's like two-minute session and either you get the highest score. I'm waiting to see because they have this online. I want to see where they kind of continue with it because I feel like there's a lot of leg room to go. And from a business standpoint, I'm curious your thought because they have all these things in where it's like, it looks like it could be microtransactions, but it, there's not, thankfully. It's all stuff you earn from doing in-game stuff. So based on my experience with uh, my with Activision uh, remasters, which, by the way, this has become very much a Activision thing because I own the Crash Bandicoot trilogy and I have the Spyro trilogy. So naturally, them going back and making Tony Hawk now, those two games, Crash Bandicoot had a free level that came out like slightly later. I think they were working out bugs and then they threw it on at later date. But Spyro didn't have any microtransactions. So I'm almost guaranteeing that Tony Hawk does not go that direction because I feel like these are the things that are, they're almost... What happens if you're wrong or you eat those words later? I'm going to have to, but I know Activision loves doing it, but I actually see these as these are games that they're using to kind of bridge their good faith and their, and their base. Because what happened is they poisoned the well so bad and, you know, EA and Activision were just known for microtransactions and they still have them in their bigger games. But I think these smaller nostalgia games are really like sitting well with their with the base. You or, have to keep them pure to a certain degree because of where they come from. Well, the purity is important, but also the messaging from Activision that they're like, oh, we're, we're making these games because we love these games. Not They're not making them because they feel like, oh, this is how, they don't want you to think they're making it to make money, which they are, but they're making it because they know that you want them as consumers. So do you think that the reason why they have the like do do this certain meet this certain uh, achievement, I guess is really what it is. Meet this achievement, uh, get some cash points. The cash points allow you to uh, buy hats or boards or any of that stuff. Do you think that that's just there to go and keep interest in it so that way people keep playing it then? The replay incentives in that game is another thing I actually really like. So they added challenges and and currency to the game and they all, they had cash currency before but they kind of added it those were used to buy stat points and boards and stuff yeah, well and which is what it is now the previous one now you get money for just doing little things every time you play through every run through you're earning some kind of cash and you can and i could see them adding more like casual like outfits and things to the game for fun but I don't see them like Spider-Man for $5. Like, I, I just don't see them making that jump. Well, that's an interesting thing is that Spider-Man didn't show up. At well, least not that I found him yet. Yeah, and, you know, honestly, it could have gone on Sony's. I haven't done Sony's. all the gaps yet. So. I mean, after what they pulled off with the, event, the new Avengers game, how they're getting Spider-Man exclusive on Avengers. Oh, man. I, I'm a little surprised, actually, Spider-Man didn't because he was in the original game. So why not throw him back in? That was only because... Was it Neversoft had the rights to do those two Spider-Man games yep. on the original There's, PlayStation? Yep. It was Spider-Man, Spider-Man Two, Enter Electrode, I believe. Yep. And when you look at the the licensing on the Tony Hawk game, it says Spider-Man, and then the well, date because it, it's literally they're saying that they are using the the Spider-Man property that they made in that game. Well, they've had a bunch of really good licenses over the years. Boba like Fett, Boba right? Fett, Wolverine, Iron Man. I, f- I forgot about Wolverine. Shrek. Come on. You don't think that the internet doesn't love Shrek? I forgot about Shrek. Yeah. He was Call of Duty Soldier. What one was that in? Uh, I want to say Underground 2, actually. 
That makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's like the, World the, War II soldier. The, ti- but the timing it's literally of literally COD soldier, if I remember. <laughs> well, that's Activision, right? Yep. So, you know, to not, well, they brought back at least the officer. Officer Dick? Yeah. I, I haven't mean, unlocked him yet. Yeah, I think you have to get all the gaps because that's what you had to do in the original game. No, the original right? was, uh, no, you just had to beat the game. The original, all the gaps, I believe, was uh, Private Carrera, which was uh, yep, a lady, but yep. she was modeled after uh, a adult star so i don't think that they're doing that again <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that i feel like they're like trying to i've noticed that they've the tried p- to clean up for political correctness which i completely get and it doesn't take away like the cab driver has a very different accent he's not middle eastern anymore so i mean i can kind of see where they're like okay let's let's dodge at least a little flack but i mean they're at least keeping the dialogue the same and then i've noticed this Officer Dick, I believe, is the dude in the golf cart on the school campus. Yes. Who I believe is voiced by Jack Black. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure that that's Jack Black because huh. Jack Black does a YouTube channel and where he pretends to be an online gamer and then never plays online games. It's like his old bit. But he'll go <laughs> play like a game in an arcade or be like, yo, we're going to go play like an axe throwing type game. I can't remember. It's like explosive. Anywho, he just does like game type stuff. Okay. but not actually like live stream games, which is hilariously awesome. But Tony Hawk's channel on YouTube, which I follow cause I'm still a giant nerd and stuff. And cool. well, clearly you're clearly a super, you're a super fan. We I get am. it. I am. It's bad. You should really cover up that Tony Hawk underground two tattoo of yours though. It's, uh, it's pretty ugly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one game I would not get a tattoo of. I That one was just not good in my book, man. It's all right. You got it. You got it pre-released. You got it before it came out. So it's okay. I was... You didn't know better. Funny. Actually, no. I think... Uh, what is it? Didn't that come with stickers? I think I got stickers in my pre-release for that. But, anywho. Yeah, actually, let me let me sidetrack real quick. Because that's one thing that I thought was nice and upsetting in the game. They did um, wall kicks. Which was in uh, Underground. Oh, I, I, I didn't even think about that being I, not in one of the early I games. I think it was in 4 also. But I want to say it was definitely in Underground for wall kick. But wall kick was always down and ollie when you hit a wall okay and they had it just auto map to x and i'm like that is sticker slap i do not want to have that because sticker slap oh. was something that they added in underground too and so like i appreciated very much that was it i think it was vicarious visions did this yep. which is cool because they also did all the game boy ones yep so they've kind of been there throughout the lifespan of the series but never doing the main game they always did the what's the portable version and the portable versions i never really played like friends would have it in like high school and i'd like play it for like three minutes on game boy advance or something because I, I couldn't afford handhelds at the time i could afford like one thing and then that's my system for honestly now that you mention it i think i had tony hawk for game was it game boy color there was one on game boy I, color i, I, I think i had the game boy color one that was not done by them though if i, I don't know who correctly. it was by but i now that you I, mentioned it, i think i had that game. who's the people who do uh harvest moon and stuff um i, I don't know natsumi or whatever i think that was them actually it, there's something possible. weird but vicarious visions i think did a fantastic job just kind of getting everything to feel right and leaving enough there for everyone like I said, minor gripes with it. Uh, I was a little upset that I think some of the songs are missing from the soundtrack. Yeah, well, it's something we really should address. So one of the, to me, one of the most iconic parts about the Tony Hawk series were some of the soundtracks that they were able to produce. The music that people 
would get into because of that. Like oh, you I, learned, it was it was a new form of radio. It was like where you kick like kick on the radio. It's they're playing whatever, and you're like, oh, this is cool. This is new. Games did that back in the day because there wasn't really you know you they could just get music. There was not a lot of money in like video game music, so they went out and got a bunch of great tracks, bunch of awesome music, and it was all actual licensed stuff like from real musicians not like oh we conducted an orchestra for to go and create this cinematic dragon scene it's like no this is something you can hear on the radio this is a group that cd you can pick up and they did some really good genres it was always rock and rap rap and hip-hop and stuff well and i i remember like one of the only songs i really knew before tony hawk was gorilla radio and that was like because that from was a- the rap group don't call them rock. They're a rap group. No, they're not. You always associate them with rock, and I'm going to tell you. Those bulls on parade. Rap. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Rage Against the Machine is technically a rap group. Believe what you want. <laughs> we'll fight this out but later. Nevertheless, like I, I felt like they kind of they they were given a lot of the headline for like, oh, and even 2X has that on the back of it. It's just they were one of the big bands that they were like, and then Primus. Was someone bad only, religion? So funny thing about Primus, the only the only thing I knew them from was the South Park intro. <laughs> I I had no idea who Primus was before Tony Hawk, and I, it was kind of a cool thing where I you know one day I, I probably looked him up on Napster, <laughs> <laughs> and um, w- when I looked him up, I was like, oh yeah, they they have this song in Tony Hawk, and then I started listening to some of their other stuff, and I I really got into Primus. I I like how clean the the updated recordings are though. Like I'm glad that they didn't just go. Oh, let's just pull the old audio file. You know, they actually went and I think some of this stuff is like remastered stuff and they added new stuff, which was concerning to me at first, but having heard some of it, I, there's two of the tracks that I really like. And one that I thought I was going to be really upset by, I'm going to, I'm just going to clear the air on this one. I hate machine gun Kelly. I think he's a freaking idiot. I think he is terrible at rapping. Like, he has enough skill, but not enough to be good. And then he was an SLC punk too. So yep. he was also trying to be an actor for a hot minute. And that movie, oh my goodness, that's such a bad movie that even though like in hindsight, I think he maybe was the best actor in that movie. That's well, lower the bar enough. Exactly. It's just, it's so bad. But no, a lot of the soundtrack uh, on the new game, I, I think it blends well. Where I can, and to be quite honest, some of those songs I can't remember if they were in the original game or not, but they feel like they fit. Well, that's that's what I was getting around to. Like, because they have a history of putting rap in, I'm like, oh, great, Machine Gun Kelly <laughs> rapping. I'm like, well, I know and, what track I'm going to mute. And then it turns out that he apparently switched over and yeah, did. He does rock. He does, like, it's pop punk. Yeah. And he got Travis Barker on drums. And I'm like, ooh, ooh. I, d- I don't want to hate you as, at all as right you wear now. your Blink-182 shirt. Oh, yeah, I do totally have a Blink-182 <laughs> shirt on right now. <laughs> so, no, the fact that it's like, if he transitions and just continues this pathway and everything, I'm down. So, again, even a newer Tony Hawk game going, hey, music that you didn't think you'd like or listen to, you're now going to like and listen to. And I'm like, oh, got me again. For, but for me, for some reason, though, I... It will never like I always like going to Hangar and Power Man Five Thousand and just those two are just like they now sync this is up. What it's like when worlds. I mean, to all I could just that could be the only song, and I just that two minute run of playing that level is like the purest of nostalgia for Tony Hawk for me because it's almost like uh so I love Sled Storm. Oh yeah, 
Dracula by Rob Zombie. Dragula. Dragula. Say Dracula. <laughs> I did. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> I, I'm sure I'm not the only one. <laughs> but I turned all the other music off. I just played that song most of the time. And it just, that's how I remember that game is just synced one and one. Certain certain games just give you uh, good good music. Um, another game that had great music that kind of fit that like kind of alternative, not alternative sports slash extreme sports. I was going to say extreme sports, but this kind of goes more along the lines of just like that, uh, that alternative, alternative edgy, edgy culture, I guess. <laughs> uh, Midnight club. Oh, okay. Midnight club three, but it was, eh. cause that's the thing underground racing. racing, but that's the thing though. It was slightly arcadey. It wasn't really realistic, but it had, you know, it has this culture about it. And then that's more what the games were about. Like the Tony Hawk games, they're not about realism. Oh, absolutely they not. It's, are, ar- it's arcade extreme sports. They are arcade extreme sports, but the fun and the design comes from the the culture of skateboarding. Well, and I mean, this is another thing. I never liked skate at all. And for, so I relate the Tony Hawk versus skate the same as I feel like your Grand Trismos versus your burnouts. So I'm a huge arcade racer fan. I love the the silly split second, you know, burnout, revenge, flat out. I love those kind of games. But you put me into a Grand Trismo game, I get bored very fast because I'm like, all I want to do is cut someone off and make them flip. Yeah. And, I, and I can't do it. But Tony Hawk, you know, did the same thing. They're like, Tony Hawk was doing really well. And then it got to a point where it started to drop. And then I feel like skate came out of nowhere. And that's EA, right? Yep. And then EA is like, oh, well, this is where we're going to come in and capitalize on this by making it super real. And I'm like, I did a couple of combos in skate. I'm like, this doesn't feel good. I just, I couldn't, I could never put my finger on it, but it just wasn't for me. That it felt more like trying to nail something decisively opposed to improvising. Like but, Tony, Tony Hawk is jazz. Let's just be honest. It's just, it's wherever it is, whatever you want to be. And it's like, you do it. You kind of have your lines. You kind of know where you're going, but as soon as something goes wrong, you go, Oh, I got to fix this and correct, you know? But yeah, for skate, just then, then now does skate have any good music? Um, cause I don't think they're really well known for their music at all. Honestly, I'm pretty sure I just shut off all the music. Cause there was, I don't think, I think it was more focusing on, kind of just man- board manipulation. And then yeah. it's funny because I feel like Tony Hawk then later on in their series tried oh, to eight. do that. Was it, was it Project eight? eight, I oh, think. Yeah, that one was bad. Yeah, where they had the twin stick controls, which it's just like, guys, what do you, what do you, you we're an arcade and, game. Well, the, they, they lost sight of what people loved about that series. Neversoft was off that at that point in time. Yeah, which also makes sense that, you know, I'm sure after them making what four or six of those games, they were, they were probably burned out on making Tony Hawk games anyway. So they moved on to a, a, a different project but I mean, more I really think about, like you mentioned, like the music. So why didn't you get into any other extreme sports games like Tony Hawk? Like for me, I was always big into cool borders. That was like, I love I the did cool. actually the, just, I played the ones that nobody wanted to play. Cause I was picking up stuff that was like kind of less fun or not as, uh, not as popular. Oh, see, like I so, had Cool Borders one, so like, like I, when Tony Hawk one was out. I, I enjoyed Cool Borders, okay, but like I was actually a MTV Sports Pure Ride guy, oh. <laughs> which is here's the thing, it's bad, but once you figure out how wonderfully broken that game is, it's really good. Like Wait that's a one of the few games I've. Didn't 100%ed. you have Outlaw Volleyball too? 
No, I had Outlaw Golf. Oh yeah. I, so you, so you play like all the the C and D tier. Oh, extreme sports games. It was it was stuff that was just either really good music or fun enough and almost a level of bad taste because at least the way with like Outlaw Golf and everything, you could beat up your caddy to fix your composure. And it had the uh, the right stick where it was the down and up. So yep. like trying to hot nail shots, shots and stuff. Yeah. yeah, it was hot shots golf controls. But it was hot shots golf with a little bit of humor injected. Like I never did like the uh, the BM BMX XX oh, or whatever. Oh, okay, yep. And that was like an extreme sports game that just tried to get zany. And I feel like the zanier you try to get with it, the less interest I get. Because as soon as Underground Two came out, like Jackass, what it says was at its popularity at its yep. height. And they got Bam Margera in for a lot of the marketing stuff. And yep. it's like, Bam's a great skater. And I I like a lot of his boards. I had one of his boards growing up because I, I rode Element for a hot minute. And it's unfortunately, they tried to go too goofy with it. I don't mind the little subtle jokes and everything. Like, yep. you go behind a building and there's a cop dancing with a goat or something. You yeah, know? but they literally had him in a cart. And a grocery cart on one of the games. That then. was in four though. But that to yep. be fair, that was tied into his pro challenge, which is completely acceptable because it was fitting per character. Like Bob Burnquest, he did the loop. That was his big pro thing. Each person had a pro challenge and their pro challenge fit their uh character yep. profile. But I mean, like you were mentioning the jackass and the bam stuff. Well, when that popularity dipped, Tony Hawk was already, I think, dying anyways. So it was kind of a, a one two combo that they leaned into it and then it died and then they just and then they just didn't know what they were anymore honestly i think that was business decisions i don't think that was never soft i'm pretty sure i've seen interviews no, where, it was an activist i mean you can just straight up yeah. say it. it was activism it was it was them trying too hard to be like oh this is popular because it's like they started adding vehicles to the games and they're oh, like i forgot oh. about that yeah and later that's, on that's the, the minute you know you're no longer you can no longer identify with what you were the minute you add a vehicle to a skateboarding game well they they added cars and stuff which oh i didn't like them the fact that you couldn't do it where you could sketch off of it if it would have been where one person could drive and the other person could like ride the back ride the back would have made sense because then you're at least setting up for some cool co-op stuff and unfortunately that's not the way it went it goes oh grand theft auto has cars we have to put cars in this and then underground 2 they got like a bunch of like terrible like celebrities. Like they put Steve-O on a mechanical back to ball. The, yeah, back to the jackass stuff. And yeah. it's it's a vehicle and it's like, dude, Steve-O actually knows how to skateboard. Why are you guys doing this? Again, so that what they were, I mean, once they kind of transitioned, they transitioned into like following trends rather than self-identifying as the Tony Hawk brand. Well, they were forced to put one of those games out like every year. Well, which at first it seemed like developers, like even final fantasy. I mean, those kind of came out like they had three final fantasies in like four years, which is incredible. So to think they did Tony Hawk kind of the same way makes sense. But now, but there's only so much you can add to that. And I think they leaned too hard into the, uh, more public version or the more, I guess like public, like, Pop culture, pop culture of it, where it's you know it was it was the jackass guys and stuff like that. Yeah, because it was like oh you hear about you know a bunch of kids got into skateboarding after Tony Hawk came out, and all of a sudden it's like they're getting skate videos, and you see these kids on skate videos like partying and like trash and stuff and doing dumb stuff, and then jackass gets popular, and it's like 
it's the same group of people because I think like Knoxville worked for like Big Brother Magazine and stuff, which was like skateboarding company. So like they blended like the worst part when it was just really a nice, clean, pure game. And then they just, they went overboard with it. They did. And another thing to kind of take note on that is the fact that as Tony Hawk became less popular, extreme sports as a, as a whole, I felt like on all, all extreme sports for video games kind of well, diminished. Activision dropped out and put Activision O2 and just put them in charge of extreme sports and stuff. And that's where you start getting your Matt Hoffman pros. But again, though, like that was still kind Pro of BMX. early on. I mean, but think of like you the got your Kelly Slater. Oh yeah. I you know? that one. Everyone always forgets about Kelly Slater. But honestly, as extreme sports kind of dipped out, Tony Hawk kind of just dipped out. What Sean that? Murray wakeboarding. <laughs> yeah, you can just keep dropping names because the, they did. They, they did. They they went on. I think too long with those, and that was the problem. Is none of those games had? I mean, what you all? Every one of those skateboarding games, with Andy McDonald. They have, they're like Matt Slater. What is this? Oh, it's a surf. It's a Tony Hawk surfboarding game. Yeah. That was how they sold every one of them. It was. It was never. Oh, this is a great surfing game. It was always identified as a Tony Hawk version of something else and they got caught in that trap where extreme sports didn't know like three extreme I love that game I, I I liked what that game was or downhill domination another game I liked a lot that was kind of in that extreme sports realm that were very much their own games fun and arcadey but downhill domination they never got a sequel and that game was a lot of fun and it was unique to itself because didn't there's no game ever- like it didn't you ever play uh, Tony Hawk's Downhill Jam? It's pretty much the same oh, thing. No, I didn't because, again, t- I, when I think of Tony Hawk, I don't think of biking. So now that we've discussed a lot of the horrors of the future of the series based off of, because we went in a time machine back to one and two, let's talk about the future of Tony Hawk 1 plus 2 because I'm curious, do they then make a Tony Hawk 3 plus 4 or... Is this going to be a games as a service thing? Is this going to be a uh, paid DLC type thing? What do you think is going to go on with this? Well, as I had mentioned earlier, the purity is important for these these second tier like nostalgia games that they're releasing. Honestly, there's no reason why they wouldn't just release three and four because they already have the modeling because three and four share the mechanics as one and two now because well, one and plus two have the mechanics of later games. Yeah. So there's nothing they have to add. to. Oddly those enough, mo- they didn't add female skaters until Tony Hawk three. Did you know that? No, Issa streamer or right. That was the only one and she was pro. You couldn't create a character though. Oh yeah. They added create a skater in two. You could not make a female skater until Tony Hawk three. But they also had it in 2X. Yep. So now you're looking, they're going to make 3 and 4 for sure because how easily, how easy is it for them to take the modeling they already have created and just all they're doing is remaking levels now. I mean, recreating existing levels for 3 and 4. They still need to fix stuff because there is, the flatland is not fully there. It's broken because you can't moonwalk. And moonwalking was the only way when you get stuck in a manual I think it was left, right, uh, square, I guess, if you're on the PlayStation. Yep. Uh, left, right, square, and you would actually kind of do like a little dip and dive and stuff and yep. kind of like at least start moving you forward. And they don't have moonwalking in there. As far as I can tell, they have pivots where you can hit the shoulder button while you're manualing to switch yep. your switch your manual. Uh, but they do not have it like when you go into like a... Um, like a Casper slide. 
yep. you can't go and you can't rotate in that for some reason. But everything- So there's some stuff that has been left out regardless of pulling from three and four that I found weird. So some of that stuff, I feel like they may even patch those little things. You, you know, I hope so. But nevertheless, like if they make three and four, I mean, it kind of comes down, do you want more of the same by having a three and four or would you rather see them make a Tony Hawk one plus or underground one plus two? Because to me, that seems like the pivot. They 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 have options. They can make three and four, and then just you know go to the underground route. It's kind of like what Capcom's doing with the Resident Evils right now. They're at a point now where they're like, well, do we make Veronica or do we make four? Because now that we, they came out with three, they kind of have to make a decision on do they want to use the same mechanics well, like they have, or was, do they want to? Well, that was move the major forward. breaking point in the series too, because when Underground came out, it was the story of you coming up in the pro. You know, in oh yeah, the they, they leaned into the story mode. Yeah. And a lot of that was heavily based on that. And because of that, well, the, the level creator in that too was freaking phenomenal for Underground, which the level creator in this is pretty robust too. But the, be, before you go to the level creator, would you rather see the three plus four or do you want Underground one plus two as the major, the mega fan? Which, which one do you think would be more exciting for you? Give me three plus four plus underground because no, underground, underground's too different from three and four though. That that's that's two different games. See, here's the thing though: underground two added um, throwing apples. I did like the board focus. That was nice, where you could smash your board when you were angry, so you get oh. a little point bonus at the start. <laughs> no, that was nice. I yep. thought that was good. Um, and that's actually one of the problems I have with Tony Hawk One Plus Two is when you fall, it does oh, the, the res. The yeah, it kind of rewinds you like a VHS tape and then puts you back up. But you keep the momentum. So if you were falling and then all of a sudden you hit buttons to try to get out of it, you're in air doing a mid kickflip and you just fall again immediately. And yeah. I, I hate that. There's there's a couple tweaks that I really want fixed. So, so you would you would like the three and four then? I would like three and four, but I think three and four need to be a DLC or a games as a service thing. Uh, they're definitely just going to pump it out as another game. I, I don't see why they would. Because think about it. For someone like you, you may buy that three. Would you pay forty dollars for three plus four as a additional add on to the other game, or would you just rather buy it as its own game for forty bucks? No, uh, because I would like everything together, so that way I can pick any of the levels. Oh, any Activision of that stuff. could then later come out with one plus two plus three plus four <laughs> and have it the complete because <laughs> that's what they would do. That I'm, <laughs> and I would be fine with that. I would pay for that, but like I think that it just needs to be. They should continue on with this, and I think a lot of the cosmetics they could do into... They could even go and turn this into a free-to-play game. And even though I've paid for it, I would actually be okay with that if they go, hey, this game's free-to-play, we're going to do microtransactions for the hats and stuff. If you bought a copy of the game, we're just going to give you a bunch of credits hey, so you can buy hold stuff. On. Your Activision shirt showing. You should probably oh, pull that down hilarious. a little bit. You're hilarious. for microtransactions over here. I'm okay with that. If they're giving me the full, complete game, as long as... You're tainting my original experience, Bruce. No, because it's cosmetics, Tony Hawk 2, cosmetics do not affect gameplay. They and don't. that's the important thing. I don't care. You can put whatever you want in cosmetically as long as it doesn't alter the gameplay, but give a full gameplay experience. But fair I think, I think a enough. lot of levels from three, a lot of levels from four. And if they're doing updates where they're tweaking and fixing things, where you're getting your sticker slaps, you're getting your uh, moonwalk, uh, eventually underground if you do the get off the board or you know the sketching and stuff yep. like that type of stuff because i don't think you can sketch in this one either no nope. but that was in four they decided to add uh uh transitions though like what yeah like transitions 
acid drops i think were in underground also and they decided to add that like it feels like they tried to cherry pick a couple things because they realized that the game was going to be horribly broken if it was just the one and two rules so they cherry picked when really they should have just done all the maneuvers from three all the maneuvers from four and just put it all together It'd be interesting. And I guess on the final note, we, as you mentioned, the, the level creator. So we, we both have different experiences with creating levels in other games. We've talked about RPG Maker in the past. So for the level creator, I will say my way of always from Tony Hawk 2 forward was always to make the most brutally difficult levels that were kind of like obstacle courses rather than like trick levels. So I would, I would use the spikes heavily. I, I was a master of using those spikes on levels, and and I I just always had a lot of fun making it. Let, let's see how hard. Do they have punji spikes in this one? They don't, which was I I will say my already the biggest disappointment because that was the most iconic thing for me was those spikes, and then they took it out. And I was like, oh, it kind of took away from like I used to like, like to make. Bowl. I think they did that. I think that was one of their politically correct things because that was like a one of the guys was watching like Nam War videos and like was like, ooh, I'm just gonna add these in the game because they also did it with water and stuff, but you know. But even so, like they don't. There's no death uh, type uh, products you can put into the creator level, and to me, that's kind of a problem because that was like the thing I liked about the level creator. Because you could make sweet gaps and everything. Like I made a what is it uh, a mega ramp, right? Like yep. Danny Way's mega ramp. Everyone does. <laughs> I made that, you know, before that was really a thing in a game. I think Skate was kind of the first one to actually have Danny Way's giant mega ramp. But you do the mega ramp, but in the gap, you'd put those stupid spikes. Yep. And so what I did is I actually, because the one level I've made so far, I actually made a mega ramp kind, kind of like in more of a cool borders fashion where it's just one jump. And in the middle of my jump, I put trees. And I was like, this is so much lamer than having spikes. And I published it or whatever. I had a few people play it. But nevertheless, the process of making levels in this new game, I like that they added smart objects, basically ways, modifiers for existing objects like rails, ramps, and jumps, and fun boxes. And I like that they they give you a lot of tools to kind of make a unique game. So I was kind of wondering what, because I remembered playing some of your old levels where you actually did the ones where they had like the quests and everything in it. And I, and I think that was Underground 1, right? Yeah. So I, I remember you made it and you put all your friends into it. Yeah, of course. And so I was kind of curious. So now that you have a level creator that's kind of like next level, what are you going? What are you going to do with it? I'm going to kind of play around with the capabilities of it, but I think I'm going to try to go with the absurdness of kind of what you could do with the later games. I got to see because it's like you can just plant stuff based on elevations yep. and things, and I'm trying to figure out how the spawn points work. So it's a whole new monster and. You can't really quite do some of the stuff that you could before. So it's, it almost feels limiting again, but I think that it's probably more open than what I'm giving it credit for right now. And I got to go and I got to pop on and see what they have done. Cause I want to see how this community goes. Cause that's one nice thing is seeing a community just building skate parks and which I will say I've played like five or six of them. There are some epic levels already been created well some of them were released by the publisher too so oh, i didn't think about that eh, nevertheless it's probably those ones then possibly but they were pretty solid i i will say that i i played a couple levels that just it just felt like like one level is almost themed like skate heaven it had that very skate heaven feel where it was like just bulls rails like it just felt like absolute freedom to just do whatever you want and then there's like some of the other ones that were really gimmicky kind of like the one i made 
where they're like it was called like roller coaster where the idea was that it just you would be on an upward grind all the time it kind of it propels you in the beginning to get this long grind and it kind of loops around this whole map is like a roller coaster nice and it, it was really fun and so the challenge is really staying on it all the way to the end and if you get to the end it gave you a massive gap bonus so it was kind of like it was kind just of turn like, on perfect grind right they got <laughs> i think they got the uh right and so like <laughs> things like that it just those are some of the fun experiences I can see having with those, but otherwise, you know, I don't know what I'll do with the community stuff yet. I, I would like to see uh, the online get a little more robust. I want to see tournaments start to happen because Ooh. as soon as we start getting tournaments, because I feel like this has esport capabilities, and as soon as you do that and you go, hey, here's an actual like competitive map like released or tweaks for competitive map this is where i could see myself actually getting into that more because i for so many years played all of my friends and then nobody wants to play me the fact that i can just jump on and play with people now it's fantastic i'm not enough competition for you i mean i mean i'll kill those twenty thousand point tricks you want to talk about our sweet sweet horse game what horse game never happened yeah exactly now it's it's nice to finally go and be able to jump on and have a challenge and see people at my skill level and i mean that's that's what the in yeah that's what online gaming was meant for you know to actually go and kind of pair you up with those people so i'm happy to be back in the series man me too tony Hawk 2 feels perfect to me Thank you for listening to the Couch Trolls Podcast. If you like this episode, you can find more on Facebook by searching Couch Trolls or on Twitter at Couch underscore Trolls. I'm your announcer, Canada Sanchez, with Brian doing the sound. Thanks for listening. <laughs>